What's up, everyone? Icebox Podcast, episode 64. 412 Sports Cards, Icy Ice Cards, usual squad. We're here. We're, we got we got football in the mind. Football going down in probably about 15, 20 minutes. We'll miss the beginning of it here as we wrap up recording. But yeah, nine or not Niners, goodness. Cowboys Bucks going down tonight. A weekend of wild card football behind us. Matt, how are we doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I watched a lot of football. It's a pretty exciting um, time of year for football. I I think it's um, something to just keep in mind, like at least that I've kept in mind, is that no matter like what the line is or no matter who is like the star QB of a certain team or another team, both teams playing in these games are – NFL football teams. So anybody can beat anybody on a given day. And I think the wild card games kind of showed that, which is kind of exciting. Like, I mean, I guess the worst team did lose every time besides maybe the Chargers Jags, but like, obviously the Bengals beat the Ravens. Um, And then the other games, like 49ers beat the Seahawks. And then what was the other yeah. one? Bills, um, um, Dolphins yeah, was and close. Then the Bills, the Dolphins. But you all know, those I'm pretty sad. Were... I think it Oops. makes it look like the Steelers could have won. I think the Steelers, yeah. as of this time in the year, were a better team than the Dolphins. I kind of feel that same way about the Lions and a lot of teams. Yeah, like the Lions and the Steelers both sucked and then just r- rattled off many, many wins. And then both Barely missed it. Yeah. What were you guys nine and eight and missed? Yes. Same. Because we didn't have the we didn't have the tiebreaker over Seattle. We did not have the tiebreaker over Miami, or we would have made it. Because we lost head to head against Miami. Situations for us both then. Yeah, I mean, we both were terrible and then won a bunch of games. And then we're one tiebreaker away from the playoffs. Yeah, at least that's exciting. Like, we have something to look for. The Lions actually have a pretty uh, high draft pick. Oh, because you have the Rams pick. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, so... That's right. That's a top 10 pick. Yeah, I want to say it's like six. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting because... I mean, obviously, like, the Lions kind of thought those picks were going to be nothing because the Rams were... Well, yeah. Well, they won the Super Bowl, and then and then the right. pick became a number six overall pick. Yeah, so that's kind of nice. Um, yeah, it's extremely yeah, nice. The playoffs were were exciting. I Lawrence, that game was probably the most exciting I've been, uh, or excited I've been in a long time. Um, if, for all the listeners that follow me on Instagram, I posted quite a few stories about that. Why are you so invested in Trevor Lawrence? Why do you care so much about Trevor Lawrence? I didn't understand it. It seemed like it was from out of nowhere. You were like, Trevor Lawrence is the truth. I've been telling you for years. And I I was wondering uh, yeah. when I was told before about this. Yeah, I've been a Trevor Lawrence fan. I mean, since he was in high school, honestly. What? like. I 
I just remember, I, I mean, I just remember like being like, this guy is a generational talent. Like he, I, I believe that like Trevor Lawrence is going to be like top 10 QB of all time. Like What? I think he, yeah, like I think Trevor Lawrence is like fantastic. Like I think, I, I How just, is someone that good throw four picks in the first half, Matt? yeah, it was his first playoff game. He was a little rattled. Came out after half and just lit it up. I mean, Yeah. You're and you're going to hate me. I feel like I've chosen violence somehow uh, as we begin this episode. But I... I What I'm left thinking after that is obviously he did win and he mounted a massive comeback. It's not easy to mount a massive comeback, you know. I'm not going to lie. I, I had the chance to watch that football game at night. I look, looked at halftime. It was about halftime when I checked the score. I was like, oof, no, thank you. And then I believe I, you know, in the exciting life I lead, I may have played some Wii Golf uh, and then went to bed. Uh, instead of so we golf beat this football game but he did make the return and he did make the comeback but I think people are I, I think it's a little overrated the whole you suck and you're the reason your team is losing by 30 points and then you make up for the fact that you were absolutely miserable I feel like people are like oh my gosh he can't he made a 30 point comeback but no one now is talking about the fact that he was the reason they were in the hole 30 points Yeah, that I mean, it definitely wasn't a good game for him. I just, Thank you for admitting that because most people do not admit I, yeah, that. I mean, I, I just think that he is a massive, massive reason of why they're even there because I think their team besides him is honestly horrible. I I'll I'll give you that. I mean, that team was was yeah, truly horrible. I I mean, I'll give Yeah. you that. I I yeah, it's not a very stacked roster so that's a very fair point Yeah, I'll support I think that uh, yeah, I think he's just he's just the truth and then we uh the first half was horrible. My brother does not like Trevor Lawrence just because I like him. So then he the whole first half he's just clowning me. He's just making fun of me and it was so bad. And I I never stopped watching. I told him I said I I will never I'm I'm gonna keep watching this game. It's not over yet. He start keeps clowning me, and then just And you as came you know, out on just top. well, he goes to bed because he thinks He was the confident. game's over. So I'm just staying up watching it by myself, and then yeah, the Jags pull it off. So I texted him just. a bunch of pictures of Trevor Lawrence with uh yeah just like a nice paragraph of how we should not doubt this man and you stayed up till 10 o'clock just clowning me and then went to bed at halftime so he saw it when he woke up which was good but yeah I I've just always been a Trevor Lawrence fan I don't know I've if I was not a Lions fan oh, I would be a Jags fan no matter how Bad they were. What I don't care. Trevor Lawrence. I'm a huge fan. I don't know how to feel about this. I do not really like Trevor Lawrence very much, just from like a fandom perspective. Seeing as he is Clemson and all and has inflicted pain upon me, 
in the college football playoff. Yeah, I'm not so much of a Clemson fan. Could definitely go without seeing Clemson like win another game again, probably. But I am I do like Trevor Lawrence because of the way he carries himself too. I think that's definitely part of it. He he's very like professional. I like the way he talks. I, I don't know. I he carries himself very well. So I feel like he's a very good leader. Um yeah, and I'm just a fan, so I'll definitely be rooting for him against the Chiefs. And that will be a very tough test for the Jags. Yeah, I don't think they'll uh I don't think they'll win that one, but that would be pretty cool if they did. I'm trying to think if I bought a Trevor Lawrence card for fun, what it would be. It won't be. It won't happen because I'm not huge. I'm trying to think of what a cool card be. I bet you could get an Opticolo for cheap these days. Could be like ten bucks. I, I could be wrong. I was talking about this uh, at a card I guess show. It's ten bucks. I'm the huge Trevor Lawrence fan, but I think that he is not a very good investment. No, because I think even if he does become like a top ten QB of all time, I There's mean, what so are much. That's the problem is there's too many cool cards of him. So it spreads out the dollars. Like, yeah, like, okay, maybe if you really thought he was going to be a top 10 QB of all time, like maybe buying a National Treasures because that's like clearly. I, uh, I, I'm i starting to get disillusioned on the uh, the National Treasures. Yeah. I also, guess I-, I lied. The, the Optic Hollow is apparently like 60 bucks. Okay. Yeah. I'm also not a National Treasures fan just because, like, the whole game-worn, not game-worn stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not an investment that I would make. There's just too much out there of him, even though I think, yeah, he's a fantastic player. It's it's very difficult. When I, I, I mean, it's a long, tough road. To make your stuff worth worth that much, because I mean, you even you look at some of the sets that are produced on a massive scale, like even like eighty six Fleer was printed to the moon, right? Like eighty six Fleer is there's tons and tons of eighty six Fleer basketball, but that it holds decent value. But that's because it's only one set. Now you got twenty things printed to the moon. I mean, yeah. Right. It, I mean, it's Ken Griffey Jr. It's it's just very difficult. Very yeah. difficult. And it's a shame, really. It, it makes me sad as a card collector that, you know, because I enjoy collecting and I enjoy getting collection pieces for reasonable prices. But I also really would prefer some better quality stuff. It really does bother me. The the not game, the not even player worn it it really it's very frustrating that you can't get these high quality cards of these guys and that there's so much just so much just stuff floating around that it really waters everything down even going back it makes it look like Luca's low pop when you compare him to what's coming out now yeah yeah i think part of the 
I think you mentioned this a couple episodes ago where it was like, I think you were telling, was it your brother you were telling him about like non-associated patches or something? Yeah. Yeah. He was like disgusted. He doesn't do anything with cards and he's like, wow, like that's lame. Like that's terrible. I, I think that's, I think that is kind of bad too, because part of the, fun of like having this stuff is like showing it to other people yeah it's like, part of the fun it's like buying a piece of artwork i'm not here right. to go back to 2021 peak prices 2021 cards are art cards yeah. are art more money more money but you you like when i get a mail day i show people like show some right like show my family like close friends i'll be like this is kind of cool and sometimes they'll be like, yes, yeah, well, some people were like, no, nah, like this is not even like remotely cool, but because they just don't like this type of stuff. But yeah, you definitely are speaking the truth. Yeah, it's like it matters. Showing, it's it's like showing uh, somebody like a basketball card and it's like, oh, this is game worn in this uh, from this season. Like he actually wore it. Or now it's it's pretty much like, oh, this is from, you know, some Christmas sweater that, like, he didn't even actually wear. And it's like, it's just so lame. Like, even people that aren't even into cards think it's lame. So it's like, it just takes away so much out of it. But, yeah, because they're supposed to be special cards. Because, I mean, right. those are supposed to be the pinnacle of collecting. And they were, but now we've just gotten to the point where we haven't just run the presses on like the base, but we ran it on those type of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's a real problem. I don't want to belabor the point too much, but you know, cause I feel like I could say this forever and ever, but all I'm saying is I think back on like, even like guys like Sidney Crosby had a decent amount of rookies produced. There was a lockout the season before I believe. And so you get kind of a larger, 2012 prism-esque set if i'm not mistaken you get that type of deal with 2005 his stuff and that is even so much less than what you have coming out in like 2015 even with like Connor mcdavid i'm like wow like there's just a lot less of this stuff around it makes it cool from a collecting standpoint because you like know what all the big cards are everyone knows them and, like, you could feasibly go and, like, slap together most of the big cards. Now there's just so much to keep track of. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot to keep track of. I, th- I think it'll be interesting for investing in, like, guys coming up. Like, even in the new draft class, like a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud or something like that. I don't How know. do you I, I feel? Th- I think people are getting sick of it, though. I think the card companies... Well, I don't know. It's hard to tell because every release like does sell out. Yeah, see, that's so, the issue. Until that yeah, stops, you the we it, we can sit here and moan and groan all we want, but it, it if the, every release sells out, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, they won't do anything. That's right. It's kind of rough, but I got a question for you. Yeah. Well, we can probably get back to some playoffs here. In a bit, but I got to hit you with this question. I saw this on Instagram. It was a picture of, I, 
I don't even know who it was. So I'm going to have to make up an example for you. But like, let's say it was someone like Justin Fields, someone of that caliber. Like okay. they're like pretty decent, but like they're not like a top, top guy. And it was like, whoa, why does his black one of one prism selling for more than the auto? Oh, no, it was Lionel Messi it, from World Cup uh, prism this year. His black one of one sold for more than his one of one black sticker auto. Do you oh, think? Do, and they're like, this is the sign that the hobby is like so messed up. What are your thoughts on that? I think Messi versus Justin Fields also creates an interesting scenario. Maybe we can get to that for after, but let's start with Messi. What are your thoughts on that? Non-auto Messi selling for more than the auto one. Sticker auto. Panini sticker, and you know. They're both the one of one. Both the one of one. Like you'd have like with the Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones. Yeah, I'd rather have the non-auto. Because of the sticker? Uh, I don't even know if that's the reason. I mean, I guess, yeah. I, I think I'd probably rather have the non-auto either way. Interesting. If it was uh, on card. Yeah. Maybe with on card, it makes it closer for me. But not even close for sticker auto versus just the non-auto. I'd take non-auto all day. Not even close. Does it change the question for you? If it's Justin Fields and it's not Lionel Messi? No. It doesn't. Okay. Interesting. Like like for Trevor Lawrence, I would rather have his black one of one than Prism than the auto version. I would agree. I would agree. I would rather have the black Prism than the one of one auto. He kind of lumps more in the Justin Fields for me. His autos are... The Lionel Messi is just more interesting because I think his autos are less prevalent. So like the auto to me is slightly more intriguing than it would be for like a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields where the auto is less exciting. But yeah. Yeah. I, I am not of the belief of yours though, regarding the on card. If it was on card, it's on card for me all the time. Yeah. This, the way that I've kind of heard it explained from people that do like high-end cards is that the auto, it's kind of hard almost. It's kind of hard to look at the auto as almost like a one-of-one because there are so many autos of like the player out there. So it doesn't necessarily add to like the one-of-one aspect of the card. And I've also heard people say that, like, the plain card historically, like, always, like, means more. Because, like, I mean, we didn't have start really having signed cards to, like, what, like, 2,000 probably? Yeah, this is fair, too. I think that it's a nicer-looking card without the auto, especially with these stickers on it. Yeah, agreed. I, you know, if you had a whited out signature window, you know, like a Topps Chrome-esque style, maybe then the auto is more appealing. But 
Yeah, see, I'm not so sure. I, I, it's the it's the it's the not as clean look for me that is the big yeah. detractor of the sticker. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not so sure that I'd even like it if there was a black finite with like a big whited out spot on the front for them to sign. Like I to think me, I that would. That almost takes away from the black finite to me. You want it all. You want it all blacked out. Yeah. Hmm. So you would. You're telling me. Now let's let's take this over to the arena of baseball because the baseball collector do not share your opinion because a Bowman Chrome Super Auto would kill the non-auto Super. That's effectively yeah. the same thing. Right. Yes. It's like That's exactly true. the same, I think. Yeah, it is interesting because I guess when I think about like baseball, I would rather have the auto on the super. Yeah. Or or just like the but I, I do think in baseball though, everyone goes after autos a lot harder. And it is kind of interesting. It's a little bit of a different it seems like this Panini era, Panini kind of ushered in this era, and I'm going to borrow this phrase, I think, from a recent, like, Lucas Tigers Bronze episode. They talked about how, like, the 2010s are, like, the era of the parallel. And I think maybe that's yeah. just more of a Panini phenomenon. The Panini brought in the era of the parallel. And in baseball, it doesn't even matter as much because, like, the auto is still kind of rain runs the show if you will yeah not that they aren't paralleling baseball to death too that is very much happening yeah i do think yeah i do think baseball collectors definitely chase after autos a lot harder um yeah a lot harder than probably football or basketball probably yeah probably basketball too yeah i think so it's i mean it's interesting to think about you know where maybe even going back to like where people's hobby roots are thinking about like going forward in time kind of where where preferences will lie in the future influences by like stuff like panini era on the parallels because it's interesting because we have different tastes on even what we would want in like the best card possible. Right. Yeah. I'm there's a lot of things that down the line, because when you really think about it, we're pretty new into the space of like relics and autos like that. Yeah. If you consider the whole time span of cards. Yeah. Yeah. And even, like, quality autos and relics. Like, the first couple of years they did it, it wasn't, like, very good either. So, we're pretty young into that. So, part of me, part of me does wonder, like, what is going to switch over time? Like, we've talked about it on the pod a lot of times where it's, like, should Flawless be more than National Treasures because you get game-worn and Flawless? Well, that gap close and then maybe switch over time or 
will the non-auto auto gap that we're just talking about, like close, maybe switch over time, or will, you know, those Bauman baseball guys, they love their like true blues and they'll pay more for that than even like lower numbered parallels. Will that ever mm-hmm. like switch over time or that? There's just a lot of trends that I wonder. Um, yeah, I just wonder like what will happen over time, which is interesting it's, to think about. It's fun to watch over time. Kind of what makes it fun for me. Yeah. I don't know. If you kind of enjoy the cards, as long as you're not, you know, I mean, it's obviously kind of stressful if you're like speculating like by buying cards on like how the trends will change. Right. But like, yeah, if you're just kind of along for the ride, it's kind of fun. Like not really losing any sleep or crying about that. I graded most of my cards with Beckett in 2016 and i bought beckett slabs in 2016 because the beckett was very very close in price to psa and i felt like it was a nicer more protecting slab and then (laughs) times have changed on the opinion of beckett some of their own doing and some of just the opinion of the masses that's a that's a very good example um, it's not even that long ago. No, that was what, like maybe a little bit before COVID. I think that kind of started happening. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I I'm talking like 2016, but it was that the 2016 like state of affairs was more or less the same till like yeah, probably 18 to 19. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I subbed with only Beckett. Yeah, I used to pay, and it was way more money than subbing with PSA. It costs more, but I did it anyway. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, who in their right mind would sub to PSA? Like, it takes forever to come back, and, like, you don't, to be honest, at the time, I don't really think the difference between a 9.5 and a PSA 10 was really, like... No, it was close. Yeah, it was pretty much the same, I think. Yeah, I I would say it was like maybe ten or fifteen ten to twenty percent more for the ten over the nine five. And like Yeah. It was Which, close. What is it now? Probably like double. Maybe more. Yeah, maybe more. So that's like a huge change that's happened. Yeah, it's it's enormous. But I it's wild. I do, I do um agree with you though, like Beckett slabs are definitely nicer. Yeah. <laughs> it has a sleeve in the inside. It's it's like actually seems like it would protect the card in the event of some sort of a drop, whereas the PSA one does not inspire that same confidence. Yeah, no. Yeah, I definitely prefer Beckett slabs overall for sure. But yeah, for resale, I mean, for resale, you almost have to go um, PSA now. Times have changed. Yeah, they Times have. Times have changed. Very interesting. I yeah I don't know if we want to pivot back got me thinking now about that Ortiz card you showed me the other day yeah that stadium club stuff is cool uh cool stuff if you're a fan of baseball stuff you know I wish they don't do something like that for basketball really do they or football they do that it's kind of a weird set it's that photogenic for oh, basketball, yeah. but it's not the same. I don't believe it features on-card autos. 
It doesn't have in-game shots of rookies, which cheapens the brand. It's not the same, in my opinion. Yeah, so I guess it's really if you're a baseball fan, maybe go look into that stuff. Even if you just want like the base cards for like 50 cents to put in your PC or something. I don't know. It's cool. It's cool stuff. So, yeah, that Ortiz was like a Boston strong kind of picture. Retro design auto out of 10 was really cool. I'm torn, though, because for the price that it goes for him, I'd be like halfway tempted to like just buy a 2013 SP. And like take it to a private signing and like just get that thing autoed. True. I think I I don't know how much it would cost though. I I would be very tempted. It'd be really cool if you could get one that was like private signing with an inscription and you could get it like Boston strong, like inscribed, and then slab it up. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I actually didn't even think about that aspect of it. But for the PC, that might be the cooler play almost. I think it kind of is. I don't know. The auto's really cool, though. Pack-pulled autos, I definitely prefer. I don't know. I yeah. just do. Yeah. I just do. Oh, same here. I think that's prob- that's got to be like 99% of collectors, I would assume. Yeah, most of the guys doing this type of stuff, I think, like that pack-pulled auto. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna end up buying some more Andrew McCutcheon stuff. Just oh, hope yeah. again in Pittsburgh, man. Cutchen's back. It's not really that much hope. He's you know kind of washed up, but he's a hero. Yeah, it's so cool to see him in the city, and I don't know. He it's like I, I remember really liking McCutcheon. Not not that I was a Pirates fan or anything, but I remember just. I was a fan. You you couldn't really hate the guy, so. No, he's he's like a genuinely good guy. Yeah. Yep, that's right. You know his son is named Steel. Really? Is he yeah. how, is he good at baseball? I have no idea. He's young. Or is he like super young? He's young. I don't think he's very <laughs> old. This the likelihood that you've seen this is probably pretty low. But I saw a video of Julius Randall's kid um playing <laughs> basketball and is he a beast uh he's really young so not not really like super mm-hmm. noticeable that he's like bigger or anything but yeah he he was playing like the league where there's like I think there's like carpet as the floor and stuff like lower hoops and everything like oh, wow. he, he's super young yeah but he didn't get the ball. And the person who had the ball was getting like double teamed. So he was like open, like jumping, like calling for the ball. And the kid like didn't pass it to him. So he walked up to his teammate and just tackled him. <laughs> it was hilarious. My gosh. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Wow. Julius Randall. He's he's a, he's training. He's training for those battles in the trenches. He's got to learn to be physical. I guess so. Yes, yeah, it's pretty interesting to see athletes' kids. I mean, especially in Detroit, like Cecil Fielder was always, oh know, yeah, lugging, lugging prints around, and and then he comes and plays for Detroit. Like that's always yeah. Cool. Prince Fielder was a legend. Yeah, he was. I'll Dude was huge. 
He was absolutely massive. And his swing, he just like rotated his whole body around and he weighed so much that he just generated so much power. Yeah. Yeah, he was a legend. I, yeah, I got I've got good memories of of Prince. My my uh Dude, grandma's favorite player was Prince Fielder. He's he and, He's a good one. Yeah, well, it was so funny. He's a legend. Why she watched every Tigers game. But the reason why he was her favorite was because there was like one picture or video of him doing an interview with his two kids, like side by side. Yeah. (laughs) And he like answers a question and like pats one of them on the head and stuff. (laughs) And my grandma like saw that and ever when she saw that, it was just like, boom, Prince was her favorite player. She just always be like, he loves his boys and stuff. <laughs> what a good father and everything. And I'm like, all right, I don't know how you got all that off one clip. But like every game we'd watch together, she'd always be like, man, Prince loves his boys. That's like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So she just loved Prince Fielding. He's a good one. Yeah. One of those guys that's probably fun. Like people in Detroit probably still like him a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's cool. I don't really know whatever happened to him after baseball. No, I think he just kind of fizzled out. I just looked him up on Baseball Reference. He was only like twenty five WAR and like twenty five WAR and like third in MVP voting, like fourth in MVP voting, stuff like that. But like, yeah, he led the league in home runs two times. He was a home run derby champ. I think people that's mostly right. remember that. And like, I don't know. I I feel like a lot of people would consider that his career very successful career. He was well liked. Yeah. He was very popular for many years. Yeah, that's those are the sure. type of guys that after like this long out, their stuff just probably is cheap too. Yeah, probably quite. He's probably uh pretty similar to McCutcheon. Yeah, McCutcheon was an MVP though. Yeah, fun fact. As I I mean, as far as like still loved, but cards yeah. are probably pretty cheap. Let's see what we got here, Matt. We've got 2006 Bowman Sterling Prince Fielder rookie jersey auto PSA 10. What do you think that runs you? Like 40 bucks. 54 bucks. Oh, it's yeah, very that's... expensive. Yeah. His his base PSA 10 rookie. Oh, that's got to be nothing. That's got to be like $6. It's 30 bucks. Oh, in that. Oh, whoa. That is wild. How much I know. I don't know. McCutcheon's 2005. He's the same set as uh, Verlander, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's right. Yeah. But McCutcheon could be inflated. You think because he's signed? Yeah, like legitimately, yes. There's one for a hundred bucks. Oh no, these are in September, so that's probably pretty accurate. In September, these were a hundred dollars. 
Dang. So McCutcheon is maybe double what Prince Fielder gets you. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. But he's from also from like the McCutcheon's an update. And I don't believe the Prince Fielder's an update. Which, oh. you know, at the, back in the day, I feel like it actually mattered that you were update because it probably was shorter printed. Yeah, that was huge. Remember those days? Remember when update used to matter? Oh, no. Wait. Yeah, he is update. He is update. I remember I paid like $400 for a Soto update PSA time. I remember selling my chromes for like almost $500. That's another thing that kind of switched to is chrome versus paper. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay with that one. I think I can live with that. It was pretty weird when the Topps Chrome cost more to buy and you would pay for it. Even back in the day at the grocery, you'd pay $3 for a four-card pack of Topps Chrome. Yeah. And when I say back in the day, this is 2010. So this yeah, is back this is... in the day. <laughs> so this is this is 2010. Day, yes. You know, now it's insane. It probably costs you like $6 or $7. You, you know that was actually really expensive at oh yeah at, at the time but it was like three dollars for four cards and you know for five dollars you could get a rack pack of 36 cards so of paper but it's weird that the chrome was worth less and the paper was cheaper to buy right but it, it is pretty weird yeah it is interesting I wonder how now I have to look up that so that Soto. 2018 tops though was a great design. 2018 tops paper has, I think, the best parallels of any year uh within recent memory. Do you still remember the number of the Soto? The Soto Chrome update? No, I don't think so. Good old HMT fifty five. Is that ring That's a bell? Right. Yeah, that is right. Soto PSA 10 Chrome is a hundred bucks. Wow. Pop twelve thousand. Oh my gosh. It peaked well, wow. at a price of five hundred bucks, basically. Yeah, I think I bought mine when it like peaked, and then I bought it for like three like three. 50 or something to flip it like maybe 400 i don't know i remember buying a lot of three raw tops chrome sodos for 42 dollars, and then two of them pulled psa 10s and then i sold them for 400 dollars. those were the days yeah those were the days and then the <laughs> other one i think i was actually scared to grade because i didn't think it would get a psa 10 and then like a year later i sent that in and got a psa 10 and then i got 200 dollars. <laughs> that's awesome was, i was scared because i was very stringent that's awesome and I yeah, was like, man, I can't yeah. afford to pay $10 to grade this if it could only get a nine. I mean, that's right. a whole $10. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Gosh. All right. Well, we've, I think I've yeah. successfully derailed us. Any predictions, Cowboys, Bucks tonight? It'll, this is, it's already going on. Don't be cheating. Um, we yeah, got to put it out so. there, though. I mean, I've, 
I've always said always bet on Brady. So if I had to bet, I will always bet on Brady, no matter the circumstances. Doesn't matter. Always bet on Brady. So I want the Bucks to win. If I had to bet, I'd bet on Brady. I want the Bucks, but as you know, Matt's brother got me intrigued and laid down five, a whole five dollars in the Cowboys before this. What's so betting on the Cowboys. Oh, no. Are the Cowboys ahead? My five dollars? Is it doing well? Yep. Six to zero. They just scored a touchdown, so Oh, so the extra Two point to come. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you already know what happened, but that's where we're at right yeah. now. <laughs> Anyways, we hope see you, you enjoy, week. and we'll see you next week. Yep.